0: day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: And we just
0: are acclimating
1: ourselves to the norm of the day, and may it never be so. Considering others, be considerate, be gentle. Fourth part of verse two, I think you would agree with me when I say that gentleness toward others is among the most attractive if not the most attractive qualities in the life of a christian
0: the second greatest commandment tells us that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves today pastor jd informs you that being kind gentle and considerate is the fruit of the spirit are you submitted to him to bear this fruit god does not turn a blind eye as to how you treat your brother or sister in the lord Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Titus, Chapter 3, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Did you wrong them? I'm not going to make it right with them. They need to make it right with me.
1: Are we talking marriage here? Can we talk about that? We're going to anyway, just because of that look that you just gave me. How about that? The husband and the wife, out of fellowship with each other. For days. Oh, we, we call it the silent treatment. They need to come to me. They need to make it right with me. Because they wronged me. Oh, really? You know, guys, can we just talk for a second. Wives, just give us a moment here, and don't elbow your husbands when I say this. You know, we talk about, well, I'm the spiritual leader in my home. Okay? And rightfully so. But why is it, guys, that we, I'll put myself in there. My wife's here. I have to. (laughs) But why is it that we want to take the spiritual leadership in all of the areas except taking the lead in the well, stay with me on this. Well, you're the spiritual leader. Well, why don't you take the lead and go make peace with your wife? Yeah, but she's the one, that woman you gave me, God. <laughs> you know that, right? That Adamic sin nature. I, man, I tell you, it's chilling really when you think about it. I mean, it's humorous if you want to think of it like that. But when Eve was deceived, and then God confronts them, and you know, first Adam. Did you notice that? Check me on this. He goes to Adam first. Hey, Adam, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Eve's the one that was deceived. I know, but we're not talking about her right now. Talking about you. What's up? What's his response? It's the woman you gave me. At first read, you look at that and you say, he's blaming her. No, he's not. He's blaming God for giving him her. Is this getting a little bit too convicting? So, of course, Eve, you know, she blames the serpent. And I guess it's God's fault. I'm so sorry. But it's not have I been wronged. It's have I wronged. And by the way, as we're going to see here at the end, you're wrong too. You know that saying, takes two to tangle? It does. It does. Well, let's keep moving. Third part of verse 2, be considerate. Oh, this is a word. I mean, how rare is this today? If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the rarest qualities in the life of a Christian today, and shame on us for this, it would be being considerate. It would have to be at the top of the list. We're inconsiderate. We don't consider others. We only think about ourselves. I mean, let's be honest who's the one person you think about the most? You. You know when you take the selfies and you keep taking them until you look good in the, and that's a good picture because you look good in it. Everybody else has, you know, got their eyes closed, but no, this is the one because you're, oh, I struck a chord with that one. Trying to update my illustrations if you haven't noticed. Philippians 2.3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility. Now listen to this. Consider one another as more important than yourself. Stop right there. I could probably, you know, consider <laughs> considering one another as important as me. But that's not what it says. The word more is there. Okay, now that's the problem. Wait, I consider you more important than me? (laughs) It's the other way around. I consider myself more important than you. I don't consider you at all, in fact. I only Think about myself and that selfishness and its conceit. You know, some of these words are words that are not used much in our vernacular today. I know the word abomination, as we just discussed, is not a word you hear much today. But what about the word conceit or conceited? It's almost a given, sadly, that it's the norm. And we just are acclimating ourselves to the norm of the day, and may it never be so, considering others. Be considerate. Be gentle. Fourth part of verse 2. I think you would agree with me when I say that gentleness toward others is among the most attractive, if not the most attractive qualities in the life of a Christian. You know, in the Gospels, I think about how gentle Jesus was. And I think about it all the time in in the Old Testament, just how gracious God was with His people. We were talking about Thomas in the Gospel of John today we affectionately refer to him as Doubting Thomas. And he's like, you know, when the disciples tell him, we saw the Lord. He's like, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Because seeing is believing. Until I see his nail prints in his hands and put my hand in his side. So eight days go by and Jesus comes back. This time Thomas is with him. He wasn't with him the first time when the disciples told him they had seen Jesus, and he didn't believe it. So <laughs> Jesus goes to Thomas, and he says, uh, touch the nail prints in my hands. Put your hand in my side. Do you see now? Do you believe now? And Thomas is like, oh Lord, oh Lord, it's you, it's you. And then Jesus says this to Thomas, and never imagine that there's disdain or disgust in the voice of the Savior. That's not the tone at all. It's with a compassion and a kindness and a gentleness that he says, Thomas, you, you have seen and believed. Blessed are those who will believe but have not seen. It's kind of like when the disciples, when Jesus would say to the disciples, Oh, ye of little faith. Never imagined that Jesus would say it with a harsh tone, like, Oh, ye of little faith. What's the matter with you? No, it's... Com- Man, that messed up a couple of people, maybe. I'm Sorry for the dr- drama on that, but do you see the Lord like that? I hope you don't. Because he's not like that. He is the epitome of gentleness and kindness. Imagine his tone was why is your faith so little? When your God is so big? Why did you doubt? Just very gentle, very compassionate. Very kind. Just with grace and mercy and patience. Always oh, so patient. That's not on the list, by the way, so you can relax. Well, I'm so glad it's not, because if it were, that's a whole sermon unto itself. Patience. But I think patience is roommates with gentleness, right? Could you imagine if God had a short fuse? As we like to say? Oh, so right. So you go to pray, you know, our Father which art in heaven. What? Oh. Is this a bad time? I oh. I know you're busy, you got like, you know, universes to run and all that, but I just thought I'd ask for a parking spot at Costco Evile, that's all. He's very gentle. Can we just put considerate back in the mix here, if you don't mind? We might as well use driving and parking and traffic, because that's, as I've confessed and repented, an area uh, for me, an issue. (laughs) It's sin, but I like to call it an issue. I just have this one issue. No, it's sin. It's sin. You're in traffic. Um, oh, you're more important than the person that just cut you off. Where you have to go is more important than where the person has to go that just cut you off. You know you have those recurring nightmares? You know when you're a kid, it's always that you show up at school in your pajamas and all of your friends laugh at you. Did you have those or was it just me? Okay, never mind. Just let's just just work with me here. You know what my recurring nightmare is now? I'm driving to church. And I'm running late, uh, in a hurry, and somebody pulls in and cuts me off. Messenger from Satan sent to buffet me and slow me down. Now, I'm in the flesh. It didn't take very long. I was in the Spirit when I left the house. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Worship music on, right? Hallelujah. And you're looking at them to see if they're looking at you in the rearview mirror, because you want them to. Oh, you've done this too. And then when you're able to, you're going to pass them. But you're not just going to pass them. No, you're going to pass them. And be sure that when you're parallel with them, that you look at them (laughs) to make sure they know. They cut you off and you speed away to church pull in the parking lot put the smile back on praise the lord this is my recurring nightmare pull into the parking spot and who should pull up next to me a visitor and they get out of the car and they like oh you go to this church No, it's worse than that. I'm the pastor of this church. That's my recurring nightmare. How inconsiderate and impatient of you. And oh, by the way, that wasn't very godly and gentle and gracious of you. I am so convicted. We're going to move on to this last one in verses three through seven. I'm choosing and using being humble for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that humility is the how. And I'll explain what I mean by that. It's interesting to me that Paul would sort of turn this sharp corner from in verses 1 and 2, listing these things that Titus is to remind them of. And then go on in verse 3 through verse 7 to remind him of this. What? Oh, remember what you were like? Remember, remember before you were saved? Remember what you were like? Oh, that's very humbling. That's the point. And that's the how. And here's how I get to the how. Humility is the foundation upon which all of this is built, which is why God will deem it fit to humble us by reminding us. So let's go back to the marriage examples. Husband. You're harsh, not gentle with your wife, unloving, impatient, inconsiderate. The list goes on and on. You hold a grudge, give her the silent treatment. So what does God do? Well, he sends you an email with a lot of attachments. In fact, there's so many attachments, it has to be on, uploaded to a drive with your name on it. To remind you, to humble you. Oh, really, I see that uh, you're being harsh and inconsiderate and impatient and unloving. And Do I need to remind you of what I've forgiven you of? Oh, I see that you're withholding forgiveness. Let me, I just push sand. Can you open it up, refresh, open it up? It's going to take a little while, depending on the speed of your internet service provider, to download those huge files (laughs) of all the things that you were, but are now not because of me. Oh yeah, that'll do it. It's when we remember what we were before we were saved, that brings about this much-needed humility in our lives. Humility is the key. Humility, the Proverbs says, is the beginning of wisdom. And that goes both ways, too, by the way. Pride is the beginning of folly, if humility is the beginning of wisdom. I want to close with 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'll invite you to turn there and... I want to read verses 9 through 11 because Paul is basically doing the same thing with his writing to the Corinthian church as he is in his writing to Titus. And as we read this, follow along because um, there's something here I want to point out. He says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Now here comes the list. You ready? Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, you ready? Last one. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you were to stop right there before reading verse 11, in your spiritual arrogance and haughtiness and (laughs) conceit, we'll use that word, you're like, yeah, those wicked, evil, Unrighteous people, they're going to burn in hell. Oh, really? Wait a minute. Verse 11, as such were some of you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my. But you were washed, but (laughs) you were sanctified, but... You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see what he did there? Such were some of you. Wait, are you saying that those believers in that church in Corinth used to be gay? Yeah, right here. Sodomites? Yeah, that's pretty graphic, yeah they were all of the above, but God saved them. I don't know where we get off on this notion, now that we're saved, (laughs) right? And we look at those who aren't, and we expect them to act like they're regenerated. Wait a minute what were you like before you got saved? You don't want to know what I was (laughs) like before I got saved. In fact, I was so bad that when I called upon the name of the Lord and I was saved, (laughs) if I were the angels in heaven, I'd say to God, don't take this one. This is not a good deal for you. Do not accept this one. So what is it about us that we get saved, we're walking with the Lord, we're walking in the light, And then we forget what we were like before we were saved. And that's where God rushes in to remind us and to humble us. So here's this married couple and the husband gets this email with all the attachments, and he doesn't get very far down that list before he realizes how much he's been forgiven of. And so then he goes to his wife, humbles himself, and stops withholding forgiveness because he's been the recipient of forgiveness. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, One of the ways he taught them to pray was, Lord, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. I need to be reminded of that. Don't you? Because we forget. And especially as we get older. I was talking with a friend of mine on the phone last week, learned that one of our classmates went home to be with the Lord. Thank God he was saved. Lost his battle to brain cancer, and so I got the text, called him up. We we spent some time on the phone reminiscing. Oh, that was painful. He reminded me of things that I forgot and didn't want to remember before I was saved. And he's, Hey, do you remember when? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I I do now. Thanks a lot. And it just really brought back to me, brought me back down to earth. It's like, man, I was a wretch, I know. But God saved me, yeah.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Titus may seem small and insignificant, but that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, it's all about the truth, and that can both change and inspire. And who doesn't need to be inspired in their walk with Jesus every now and then? As you read through the book of Titus, be encouraged to evaluate your life and the things you let into your heart. Be still before the Lord and ask Him to draw nearer to you. Ask Him to teach you His truth and let that overflow into your everyday life, just as Paul did. If you haven't yet found a home church, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. You are never meant to do life alone. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to visit us. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvarychapelkaniohe.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's com. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor J.D. next time to learn more from the book of Titus right here on In Spirit and Truth.